said, don't listen to me, 119, 145. But, give just a second. When the red light comes on, here we go. <coughs> okay. I call with all my heart, answer me, O Lord, and I will obey your decrees. Oh, to start off, it's Quas, which is uh, Kuf, which is sun on the horizon, condense circle time. And I'll start again. It says, I call with all my heart, answer me, O Lord, and I will obey your decrees. I call out to you, save me, and I will keep your statutes. I rise before dawn and cry for help. I have put my hope in your word. My eyes stay open through the watches of the night that I may meditate on your promise. Promises. Hear my voice in accordance with your love. Preserve my life, O Lord, according to your laws. Those who devise wicked schemes are near, but they are far from your law. Mm. Yet you are near, O Lord, and all your commands are true. Long ago I learned from your statutes that I that you established them to last forever. Well, I, the, uh, I rise before the dawning of the morning and I cry for help. I hope in your word. I don't know if that re resembles any of you at times, but you know when you're really in distress and you wake up early and something is weighing on your mind, mm -hmm. you know, where else to call out to but the Lord. Yep. So, mm -hmm. wonderful words from Psalm 119. And we'll go ahead and open in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the chance to meet here and to, uh, to worship you in spirit and in truth and to pursue pursue your wonderful superior word. We thank you for it. We thank you for the riches and the treasures which are in it. And um, Lord, uh, you do know the uh, people that are uh, going through illnesses right now. I had one brought to me by Burke earlier and we'd like to lift that up um, for uh, the need of the family. And also um, I had a prayer request from a lady at 7-Eleven for uh, some healing for her friend and we'd like to raise her up right now. And of course, we have people online. One of my good friends that uh, has a bad back, and she suffers with that, just like Dale does. And uh, I would pray for both of them. And Lord, any others. We could go down a long, long list of people that uh, are in affliction and that are hurting and that have cancer and other things. And we would ask that you would just search them out and be with them through their troubles. And if it's your will to divinely heal them, wouldn't that be wonderful as well? Lord, we thank you again for this wonderful word, and we just commit this uh, next hour and a half to you, and we exalt you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, we are in the book of Romans still. We're getting close to being done with it, but um, uh, we've got uh, a little more, a couple more verses to go. We're in Romans 1, verse 31 right now. Hi, how are you? You know what? I've decided that uh, uh, whenever we have pizza... Nicole isn't going to be here. It seems like every time we had pizza last week, she wasn't here. And it's not planned because I buy the pizza long before the class starts. And I should just tell myself, just order less because uh, I know she won't be here. I don't know how that, it's like you plan in your mind, tonight's a pizza night. She eats so much. I know. I know. I know. That's it. And Tom Alley, you showed up too. Good to see you there, Tom. And it's a Quest 31. Quest study. Because it's worded so different. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Well, you know what? They, especially the 119th Psalm, there are a million different ways of translating it. And the reason why is because you've got about five different words in there statutes, judgments, testimonies, ordinances, and they're all very close in meaning. And without plagiarizing somebody else, they just would say, we're going to use this word and call it ordinances, and then the next one might call it statutes. And so after a while, kind of just. But 
They, the meaning is very close in all of them, and uh, I'm not one to uh, fight over that. But that's why he has such a difference. Starts and I'm not quite there. It's yeah. hard for me to catch up because the wording in my is, is so different. Mm -hmm. so that's, that's right. Why I was and also, you know, sometimes we can say I'm going to the store, or you could say the store I'm heading there now. Right. So you'll get the sentence in a different order, but it says the same thing. So yeah. anyway, okay. okay, let's go ahead and Romans one thirty one. Thirty one. They are senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Okay, mine, mine is completely different. Undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful. So once again, they have the same meaning basically, but it's just uh, it's what we would call translator's preference. And um, uh, this is the continued list of you know what began way back in uh, 28 and uh, really began its March in verse 29. And um, we're almost done with chapter one, which is pretty wonderful. But uh, in uh, 131, this is going to be a rather politically based um, uh, analysis. And it's not that I'm picking on politicians in particular, it's just that there is a side of politics which matches this. So I'm not trying to introduce a political debate here. I'm just simply saying that this is how the different parties, and it doesn't matter where you are in the world, they may have a different name, but they have the same ideology. And so that's, that's I want to let you know that in advance, is that this isn't something that I just don't like the left, this is something that reflects the nature of the left. So keep that in mind as I'm reading. Um, here we see five more areas, these five areas, in, from already we've had probably 12 of them, but we have five more areas where depraved man falls short of God's glory and displays it in enmity against him and his principles. Once again, just think of who that represents in this nation. Now, there are lots of people on the right that are at enmity with the Lord as well. I'm talking about a general philosophy or ideological system. Hello, I love that post today, pretty wonderful. How are you feeling? Feeling good. Good, good, all right. Well, you're looking wonderful. Uh, and we just got started. We're Romans 131, and I haven't even got done with the first sentences. Sentence. Anyway, yes, I did. We're in our second <laughs> sentence. Okay, so anyway, um, the first concerns the undiscerning. Say it again, that you have for the first one, Jim. Senseless. Senseless, okay, which I actually like more. When you talk about somebody who's a dummy, you'd say he's senseless. Um, undiscerning is kind of, I, I use the New King James Version, and it's more kind of formal British English, and so they use words that are much more proper probably, but anyway. Yes, um, without understanding. Yeah, without understanding is good. Um, but I think I have un, 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 not understanding, uh, no, that's not another one. Okay, anyway, so, uh, but that's a good one. Senseless, I like senseless. Anyway, the um, first is the senseless or undiscerning. The Greek word is asinatos, okay? When you have an A at the beginning of a word, I've taught you this before, it's what is against. that? It's That's right, it's against or negative. That's right, so asinatos. The A is a negative and it is followed by sinatos, meaning to know, all right? So they're unknowing or senseless, all right? And thus it is speaking of people without discernment. They're not discerning what's going on around them. There is a morally right and there is a morally wrong way, but there are those who can't tell the difference between the two, okay? Now, when you can't discern the difference between the two, it doesn't mean that you aren't able to, it means that you've come to a state, and Paul is going through this list showing the state of people, how they become, where they no longer can discern what's morally right and morally wrong. Once again, think, without me even interjecting it, think of who in politics is like this. They can't discern right from wrong, or they willfully shut it down, okay? Either way. Um, uh, okay, so there is a morally right and there is a morally wrong way, but there are those who can't tell the difference between the two. They are foolish in their decisions 
and confused in their thought processes, okay? All of this stems from an inability or a refusal to think clearly about the nature of God. If you take God out of the picture, this is the inevitable result, in other words. And we know who does that in this nation. They've been doing it for the past 40, 50, 60 years. They've been drumming it, taking God out of everything, and it's becoming almost an obsession now, where anytime the name of God is mentioned in a public forum, they try to shut it down. They're becoming more and more senseless, almost by the day, by the moment. And that's who this is speaking of. The um, hospital took the Bible out of their clinic. Yes. Not all of them, but in Virginia they did. Right. The, the Bibles are coming out. I've got another one that maybe I'll include in this week's update. And it, it's becoming, like I said, an obsession. Anytime they hear that there's a Ten Commandments on some part of a bu mm -hmm. building in a school nowadays, somebody goes and fights against it. It doesn't matter that that's been there for the past 150 years since the establishment of the church. All of a sudden it becomes, you can't do this. It's taking away the, the thought of God in any context in order to promote their agenda. And this is the state of people when they get to this point. They, they degrade mentally to the point where it becomes almost a rabid obsession. So, a perfect example of such mentally minuscule thinking concerns the issue of abortion. abortion. I didn't even have to read it. Abortion. This is somebody that is so far depraved that they can no longer make a right decision about an issue. And one thing about uh, the abortion issue, or we could just throw in slavery, or we could throw in uh, you know anything else that people are either offended by morally or they think, oh, it's okay, is just because something is legal does not mean that it is right. And that's the problem, is that the left has got in this nation abortion as a legal precept, and so they say because it's legal, it is morally right. And all you need to do is ask any one of them any one of them that says, oh, it's, it's right because the government says it's all right, is to ask them, is slavery acceptable? Then they'll look horrified. They'll look aghast. The, it, it, that's right. And they'll say, well, of course not. Well, why not? Well, is it because it's not legal? And they'll say, no, it's just morally wrong. They say, do you know that it was once legal in the country and it wasn't considered morally wrong? Well, that's wrong. They don't think clearly anymore. They've come to the point where the government is the giver of morals. And that is a real problem. You've pushed God out of the picture. You've, you've come to the state that... Somebody? Oh, okay. I thought somebody said something. You, you've come to this... Oh, yeah, lack of morals. It's just... And it's not that they started out that way. They weren't born that way. They had it pumped into them. And over the years, they've become further and further away from God to where their conscience is seared. Go right back up to Romans 1, 18 through... Hello, can we help you? Um, yes. I was going to say, you know, a lot of laws that have been on the books for years and years and years, like sodomy laws, sure. and like that, they're just slowly... They're eating away those. Away. The laws that probably should be on the books right. are being taken away, and the ones that certainly should not be on the books are being added in daily. They're taking away rights of people that have a moral base, and this is all intended. This is, And once again, this isn't just a, 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 a left left type of thing. This is a, goes back to the communists and what they, I, I had this conversation with somebody recently, I don't think he saw that prophecy update and he sent me a, an email on this issue, but when I went into the military in 1984, they were showing videos, probably from the 60s time frame, but they were still showing them saying that we have to be on guard against the communist agenda. And these are the things that they will mandate. These are the things that they will say 
need to happen in your society. And every single one of them that I watched in those old videos, that a lot of guys were like, oh, this is so dumb, these old videos. Doesn't matter how old they are, they're truthful. They were telling what the communist agenda was, is to degrade the society. Communism is a what type of philosophy? Atheistic. Atheistic philosophy. It's a godless agenda. And that is what is being, doesn't matter, all these people saying all this information came to the right from the Russians. That's a complete red herring because it came not from the Russians, it came from somebody within our government trying to right what is wrong with all of these WikiLeaks things that have come out. They are trying to get us back to where we should be. But the left has control of the media and they are doing this not because of a, a political issue, but because of a moral, godless agenda. Okay. Protected. And to protect that agenda. And that's why this is happening. People think that, well, this is just politics. It is not. This is an attack Serious. against God. It's in a moral society. And America was the moral society of the world for many, many years. We can't hold that banner anymore because we've allowed it to slip away. And the problem is, this is another problem with this particular issue, is that it starts in the church. And that is another thing that they promoted or they talked about way back. The, the communists are going to come in here. In order to get rid of God in the society, they have to infect the church. And one of the things that they did was to go through the seminaries in the 60s. And when they did this, you had all these people that didn't want to fight in Vietnam. All right? Here we are shooting our, ourselves in the foot over this agenda in Southeast Asia. And people said, I don't want to go, and I'm going to either go to Canada or I'm going to boycott, or I'm going to join the seminary because you are exempt from war. And these were godless people that entered into seminary, and the seminaries were filled with these people, filled with them. And now they have been in the churches for the past 20 and 30 years. And if you watch the, the, the decline of churches in America, it follows along with that time period in our country, is because these people came in with their godless agenda. I don't want to support the moral uh, base of America. I'm not going to fight for my nation. And so they've come up with this false gospel of, social justice and all of these things that they felt we were wrong in Vietnam, they felt we're wrong in all of the things that we do because we're trying to bring democracy and peace to the world. And so this is an agenda which actually is a communist agenda based on people that want God out of the nation. That's, that's what's so important to understand is that this is something that Paul understood even back then. At the time though, they had a different type of system of government in place. Paul worked within that system, but he wrote what he wrote, and it stands for all times. It stands as a testimony to what happens in man when he gets away from God, and when man tries to get all men away from God, which is happening. So, um, we'll go on. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, abortion, that's the last word. What is clearly wrong in the taking of a human life is rationalized away in order to justify the unjustifiable. And look at him. We have a, a, a candidate for the presidency of the United States of America who is, is proponent of murdering children after they're born. She's following along in the footsteps of her predecessor, the man who's in the White House right now, who voted while in the Senate in Chicago to uh, have after-birth abortions of children that aren't wanted. And she is a proponent of that as well. And imagine the depravity of somebody that could do it even to a, 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 an unborn of any age. And she's saying that we should have it right up to the moment of conception. There are no rights. That is not a human being until it comes out of the birth canal. I, I imagine what people are thinking. But here we are. And we've allowed this to come into this nation. And unfortunately, most of the people don't follow 
what is going on. They have their own, I, I'm getting, you know, benefits from the government and I want that to continue. So that is, they've got all of these people shoved over here into this box that don't care and that aren't, that, it's not that they're not smart enough to know, that they're not educated enough to know. They're over here and they are going to vote for the person that is going to continue their benefits. They don't believe in the, the verse in the Bible that says if you don't work, you don't eat. It's if he doesn't work, I don't eat. And so I get his money. And that's what's going on on that side. They're, they're out of the picture. They have no idea what is really being perpetrated on them. They are being brought into a society where they will be in a planet which is a prison. That's where we're heading. But um, abortion is just one of those steps, okay? Devalue human life. What's the next step? And we're seeing it in Sweden and Belgium right now. What is it? Yeah. Euthanasia. Devalue human life. And then they try to justify it by saying that a person should have uh, be euthanized in order to harvest their organs. Because this is what we would morally do if we saw a child standing in the road and there was a car coming at it, you would want to move that child out because it's worth more than you, right? The mother would do that for the child. And they are making a now a legal precedent by saying that it's okay for us to do this because that person has more value than this person, okay? But what, what do you do when you euthanize somebody? You put a chemical into their body which will ruin their organs. So they have to stop them first, their heart, take out the organs that are useful, and then actually euthanize them so they're alive during this process. This is the devaluing of human life. This was seen in Nazi Germany. It was seen in Russia. It's seen in every place where human life no longer matters, is that we can do these things. We are the state, and we have ultimate authority. And the people blindly follow along. That's where we're at. Hey, Kyle, how are you? Good. Um, so... Um, uh, where were we? Um, faithless. Uh, yes, faithless, clearly wrong in the taking of human life. So at the same time, the protection of animals or capital criminals is elevated to the highest importance. I talked about this last week. Here it is right here. When an animal is raised to the level of a human, and we see it all the time, dolphins think like people and they're mammals, they're just stuck in the water. We need to protect them as human beings. When we do that, we now upturn what God has ordained within the, the structure of uh, life on earth. Humans are no longer in the preeminent position when it is we alone who were made in the image of God. All other animals on this planet are brute beasts. They may have uh, very unique abilities. Elephants can communicate hundreds of miles away from each other by making a, a subsonic noise within their stomach. And so they can make the subsonic noise resonate and they can talk to elephants hundreds of miles away. That does not make them human beings. Animals talk to each other in their own tongues and in their own ways, but that doesn't make them a human being. But this is what we do. We say human life has no value. Animal life must be protected. They're doing it through climate change. They're saying that we got to stop eating animals because it's causing the earth to um, heat up because meat takes more uh, energy than it does to grow food. And they're, all of these stupid arguments are coming into play. These are people that are not discerning. They're people that are not thinking and they're, as your translation says, senseless. They have no sense. Now, this doesn't mean that all people in that, that realm don't have sense. Some of them are actually perpetrating this. They know what they're doing and they just hate God enough where they take everybody else and they have them follow along blindly. And as we've heard a million times, people are sheeple. They will follow the leader without questioning and they become senseless. Oh, it's okay to kill a baby. It's not okay to um, kill a... a uh, Turtle egg. Yeah, not eat a turtle egg, okay? How can you say that a turtle egg is a turtle 
but the child in a womb isn't a, a human. How can you do that? And yet that's what they do. And they're so senseless that they can't make a moral connection between the two. They can't do it. But go out to Turtle Beach. There's plenty of turtle eggs out there right now. They're all up and down Turtle Beach. And go out and dig yourself up one of those things, and you will go to jail. And you will be fined. Okay? And you'll make every newspaper in America. Every newspaper in America will have your picture saying that you are just utter scum. And yet, if you were to say... It's morally wrong for you to kill that baby to a person. They'll question you and they'll say, how dare you? And this is my body and it's I have reproductive rights. That's a, boy, that's a, uh, what do you call it? Uh, oxymoron. Yeah, oxymoron. Yeah, reproductive rights when you're killing humans. Anyway, there you go. Um, so um, uh, you've got the human life is, is brought down, animal life is brought up, and this confused thinking permeates the social left in the world. And like I said, it doesn't matter if you call them Democrats. It doesn't matter if you call them the Nazi party. It doesn't matter what you call them in an individual context. This is the group of people that does this on a planetary scale. They have an agenda to push God and the knowledge of God out and to bring in a humanistic thinking where humans are the epitome of everything and yet of no value. So nothing matters except the leaders of the humans who make them into their own farm. Okay? Anyway... This is where we're heading. This is. They love words, do they? Oh choose, yeah. They choose words that are benign. Always uh, to make them look good, regardless of what they're. I mean. That's right. That's and right. They say every, and the things that they talk against in their side are the actually the things that they are doing. Right. How many? Do you remember during the last elections? It was all big insurance. We've got to get rid of big insurance. I'm talking about 2008. And who is it that is in the pocket of big insurance? Exactly. It's them. And th well, how do we know that? Because they're making billions and billions and billions of dollars off of a failed system, which was introduced several years ago. Carol, yes. I've got this right here for you. You forgot it last week. Oh. I, I just remembered that. So that'll be here for you. Okay. Um, so we'll go on. Uh, after this, Paul mentions, what's your second word? Faithless. Uh, faithless. I have the untrustworthy. Okay. The Greek word is asynthetos. Uh, All right. It's a little different than the last one. As you can see, though, it's an alliteration of the first word. They're very close. You've got asenatos and you've got asenthetos. Very close. Like the first word, A is a negative. Okay? And the <coughs> word itself describes the making of a covenant. Okay? Without the A. So if you have the, the word without the A, it's the making of a covenant. So this is no covenant. All right? You understand there, there, there's no agreement here. Um, this alliteration by Paul is a literary style known as a, does anybody know what it's called when you have these words that, that sound the same and you're, you're trying to make a point with them? Anybody? A paranomasia, paranomasia. Very good, you guys got that right off the bat. Anyway, so, para, paranomasia, uh, yes. And this is the use of a word in different senses or the use of similar words in sound to achieve a specific effect such as humor or a dual meaning. So he's speaking one way about one thing and now he's going to speak another about another with a different word. In this use by Paul, he shows that there's not only a lack of discernment, okay, think of the people that we go down and see on Saturdays and it's not that they're stupid, I'm not trying to say that, they have no discernment. They have been raised in a, an environment where discernment is not taught, okay? It's what? Or necessary. Or necessary. And so because it's not necessary, they don't even have to, to question it. They just, oh, it, it, it's what they are told. 
That is what they're going to believe. Okay? But there is also a lack of trustworthiness. Okay? Because they can't think clearly on moral issues, they also don't act clearly concerning moral responsibilities. If you can see the, the, the connection between the two. And that's why Paul put these words side by side. Let me read that again. They can't think clearly on moral issues because they've never been given critical thinking. You will not see critical thinking taught as a prerequisite anymore in America, except in maybe Bible colleges. You're not going to see it. It may be an elective, and if it is, it's usually taught by a very liberal person who <laughs> gears it in a way so that they never truly learn to think in a critical manner. And I've said this uh, quite a while ago. I gave the name of the uh, book um, Critical Thinking, and there's a lot of a lot of books called Critical Thinking. And I had a lot of emails that week. Can you please tell me the name of it and the people? Because there are a million of them, and I want to get the right one. So people were out there thinking, I want to learn to think critically because it's not something that comes naturally normal. You think, oh, I can think critically. Believe me. And when you start taking that course and you say, you know, I've never thought that way. I've never thought that way. And yet it's as evident as it can be right on the surface. But we don't think clearly because we're not taught to think clearly. And this is anybody. This can be somebody that's been alive for 50 years like Burke or, you know, 25 years like me. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It, 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 once I'm, you, I'm thinking critically about that. Yeah, right you're now. thinking critically about that right now, aren't you? So um, anyway, critical thinking is a very important thing that is not taught, and that is on purpose, is so that people can't make right moral decisions. Okay, so here we go. Because they can't think clearly on moral issues, they also don't act clearly concerning moral responsibilities. Okay, I'm going to give you an example. Once again, this is because I am there every Saturday. And I see this. It's not that I'm picking on these people. We go down there to help them, to try to pray with them, to get them to think differently. And we got a lot of young children that we've seen grow from here up to here. I had the pleasure of leading one about this big to Christ last weekend. Okay? I, I remember when that child was in the womb. And now he's asking mommy questions about what does it mean. And so we sat down, mom and I and the child... And we did this. So I'm, I'm not trying to slam these people. I'm saying that they are in an environment which does not teach these things. They do not think clearly on moral responsibilities. And that's why there's no married person down there. There might be five in the entire place that we go. Mm -hmm. I, I, very few. And most of them have children from four different fathers. Because this is what they were raised in. This is acceptable. It's unacceptable, but they're not taught to think clearly on moral issues, and therefore their moral responsibilities are lacking. The children are not taken care of in the way they should. It, it, it goes on it, from one thing to another. The breakdown of the nuclear family is one of the key things that was part of that communist agenda. If we can get people out of the church or into a church that doesn't preach the truth, and if we can break down the family, which is, it started in that community and it is spread all around America now where marriage is no longer held in high esteem. As a matter of fact, when you get married, um, uh, it, 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 what people do now, instead of getting married young, and when you get married young, you are building your relationship on a foundation. You're saying, I am willing to commit to you even though I don't have any money. I'm willing to commit to you even though I, I don't have a house, I don't have a car. I've got a very low-paying job, but I'm committing my life to you. And you grow together, and the marriage is the foundation of what you are doing. Whereas nowadays, it's taught that I need to get the job, I need to get the nice car, I need to have the house, I need to have all these things. And then, 
I will get married. Everything will be good for this bride that I am going to take into my home. And the problem with that is she became, becomes the pinnacle of the relationship rather than the foundation. And when that happens, where do you go? You have nowhere else to go to. And so very quickly, the pinnacle is no longer a, an, a, an object that you are going to pursue. You say, I need a new pinnacle. Then that's why nobody stays married anymore is because the pinnacle was reached and now it's found to be dissatisfying. Why? Because there's no basis. There's no moral underpinnings because we didn't work together to build a marriage, to have children, to uh, buy our first bicycle so that we could get to work quicker, to buy our first old beater car so that we could drive together. And, and you see what I'm saying? There's a difference in the approach and that's why we have a moral breakdown in this society is the agenda from the left has been to bring in these things and say, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this, and we're gonna tear all of this apart. That's what's happened in our society. And it started, like I say, where we are every week. Those people have no idea, no idea what it was like. Many of us here do. And we've, you know, it hurts our hearts to see our own families end up in this situation where our children don't get married when they should and when all of these type of things happen. But we know that it's wrong. The next generation just doesn't have that same knowledge because they think, hey, you know, the girl in school, she got pregnant and it wasn't so bad. And, you know, it just one thing leads to another. First, it was uh, they got pregnant six months before high school and they were embarrassed to graduate. Now they get married, I'm sorry, have a baby six months into ninth grade and they're proud of it. And everybody's saying, oh, I want to see your kid little baby. So the whole they thing is up. The what? Nurseries. Yeah, nurseries. Yeah, yeah. Nurseries. yeah they, they, they have a, a term for it on um, uh, Swift Road. They, uh, Siesis? Yeah, Siesis Center. Yeah, terrible. We'll take care of it. Yeah, we'll take care of it. So have all the babies you want because that means that you will not have a husband in the house with you and we ha are meeting our agenda. They're doing it under the guise that this is compassionate, that we are taking care of somebody that just had a bad stroke in life when they're the ones that got them into that position to start with. The left in this nation has brought this on us because of a communist, anti-God agenda. Yes. But it's much worse because actually Planned Parenthood has freely introduced materials. That's right. From the time they're, you know, four or five years old now. I mean, they're brainwashing them in school in and school. everywhere else. That's so, correct. And, of course, children learn by absorbing, not by critical thinking. That's right. That's what, and if you don't have so critical fast. thinking to That's counter crazy. that, right. then so it's they, completely thrown they're, out. They're devastated and when they violate their consciences however they do it they know something's wrong God they're, created they're, God us. sears their conscience right. and pretty soon it and no longer matters suicide or whatever that's so right just, suicide is one of the and that's just a a, a, part a, a, a part of the equation that one just couldn't handle the responsibilities and so they just overlook it so anyway again we can turn to the social left to see this not only is their thinking completely opposed to what is godly their decisions can't be trusted. Just think of any promise that was made in 2008 or in 2012. None of them, none of them, not one thing that he said can be trusted in our government today. Not one of them, not one. Imagine that, and yet people are willing to continue down this same perverse path because they're not thinking critically. They're thinking, I'm gonna get another $250 for my first child and a 200 for the second and 199 for the third and I, that's all I care about and I'll go have two more and I'll get this much and they don't spend it on the children believe me those children do not get the money unless somebody gives it to them very little of it will go to them they'll walk around in dirty clothes all the time they're not taken care of 
this is what they want in the society is a bunch of minions that will live under them and they will be subservient to them that is exactly it yes that is 45 years ago oh yeah uh, that, that, I had a guy who came in he thought I was in the, the county courthouse that worked in the hospital I, I want to sign up for welfare I want to get married oh boy that's 45 years 45 ago. 45 years ago. And how much worse is it now? We're into third generation welfare. That, oh, sure we are. We yes. that every week? Every week. I'll tell you about that in a sec, yes. The most famous thing that Hillary ever said was it takes a village That's to raise right. a child. That's right. And it doesn't take a village. It takes a nuclear family to raise that child. That's exactly right. But what you just said is correct. Every single week we, we know a, a person that is a great-grandmother, a mother... I'm sorry, grandmother, a mother, and now another child on the way from the son. So four generations living, and the grandma, the great grandma, now is fifty. She's two years older than me, I think, fifty-four. Imagine that, and they're stuck there. They're stuck there, just like this. The one that is going to be the grandmother is thirty-six years old. Thirty-six. She's going to be a grandmother. Be, well, if she makes it to 37, in other words, I, I don't know when the child's going to be born, but 36, 37 years old, you're going to be a grandmother. And great-grandma's living in the house with her. It, it, it is a terrible, terrible cycle. And they have it so that if you make, having a conversation with somebody on Saturday, I won't give out the person's name, but uh, if you make a certain amount of money at a job, then they take away your benefits. And so you have a choice. Do I want to make less and not get the government benefits, or do I want to make more by just staying with the government, and they put you in that trap, and it's bondage. So that's where we're at in this world. Okay, um, uh, let's see here. Um, uh, this is concerning the left. Not only is their thinking completely opposed to what is godly, their decisions cannot be trusted. Very good examples in the world right now, right now, are gun control and health care. This is not, health care is a little passe. It's already been pushed on us, and it is a disaster. It was an intentional thing to bring down the healthcare system of America. Why? Because then the government has to step in again and fix it. If you like and, your doctor. Yeah, if you like your doctor, you can keep them. And that, we know that's not true now. But this is exactly what they've done. They've introduced something that is known to fail. They knew in advance that it would fail in order to, one, get the money into the people they said that they were working against, and then, two, to reestablish the government as the sole authority in all health-related matters. If the wrong decision is made, in two more weeks or three more weeks, that will be one of the first priorities. Single payer. Single payer. There will be no freedom at all in our healthcare system within a couple of years. It doesn't matter if she doesn't have a Congress supporting her. It will happen. So this is very important what's coming. But this is a planned thing because they hate God. That is, it all stems back to God. This isn't a political discussion. This is just the reality of what happens in the world. It happened with the Nazis. They, they had the same monetary problems, they had the same healthcare problems, they had the same euthanasia problems. Every single one of these issues that's happening right now in our nation happened in the Nazi regime, starting in the late 30s, and it went through, and it was very well calculated, and that man brought millions and millions to destruction because of a, a, a thirst for power. That's all it comes down to. It, Satan it just uses that as the greatest temptation against people. So. Um, uh, here we go. The left seizes any and every opportunity to take away the very rights, gun control, health care, of those who could stop the initial reason for the calamity which had risen. Okay? Let me read it again. 
the left seizes any and every opportunity it can to take away the very rights of those who could stop the initial reason for the calamity which has risen. Guns. If we can de-arm a person, go look at the quotes of Mao, Stalin, Hitler, and um, who was the fourth one that, uh, uh, their quotes all, if we can disarm the people, we will have the people under control. And that is what they want in this nation. They want to get rid of guns. And I have to tell you something. I've said it before. If you have a gun, I don't care what law they pass. Does everybody here know how the Constitution is amended in, in this nation? Does anybody not know the process? I'll tell you, just in case you don't know. It has to go through two-thirds of the House. has to say, we want this to happen. And then it has to go through two-thirds of the Senate. And they have to agree to it. If it's not two-thirds, it doesn't happen. Then the President has to approve it. And then after that, it is sent down to all 50 states, and two-thirds of them have to approve it. If all of that happens, the amendment is passed. If that doesn't happen, it doesn't matter what law they pass, we have a Second Amendment, and it is an illegal usurpation of our Second Amendment rights. And as I've said, they can have every one of my guns when they're empty, and not until then. So that's, that's just the way it is. Because we have a right in this nation which was given to us by our founders. And they can't take it away unless you do this. Now, if they do this, they go through that process, I will be one of the people that will say, we've done this to ourselves, here are my guns. But until this happens, it's not going to happen. Yes? I was going to say there there actually are some, uh, that is pretty overt because we see, we know that our Constitution protected us on it. But one of the more uh, subtle things that happens right now is instead of, um, punishing individuals for bad uh, behavior decisions right. uh, they go against the institution big banks you know that's right and uh, I brought that up before with the in insurance was the envy of the world and it, it's about I think it's still about 20% of the S&P 500 if we destroy the institutions that's right it's gonna hurt all of us and that's what they're trying to do that's so that they have to, to step in and Instead take over hold, everything and that's even right. when they try to hold people responsible they misapply that's know, right what and I brought that up with the insurance it's the right. same it's, issue it's just another wave any major institution but yes Oh, I, I believe that. I believe like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. Yeah, that's right. I, yeah, I, I believe that 100%. Uh, yeah, well, she okay. Let me go on here. Um, uh, and in the process of doing so, okay, the, they take away the initial reason for the calamity which has arisen, and in the process of doing so, they violate the initial promises that they made concerning the issue in the first place. That goes back to every one of the uh, political issues that we brought up before because they are not political issues they are moral issues and they understand that that's why they say everybody has a right to health care because they understand that it's a moral issue even though that's not a moral issue that is a right it's a moral issue that we should have health care if we want to earn it if we want to work for it that is our right if you don't want it then nobody should have to pay for it for you but you see what they've done they give you a promise and then they break the promise because they now have control of the source of what they were arguing against in the, the first place. Okay, this is the process that is going on. All right, there is absolutely no trust in the words or promises of politicians on the left. Now, I, I will qualify that because we have a lot on the right that don't keep their promises as well. All right, I'm not trying to say that, that, but what always happens when somebody on the right doesn't keep their promises, and I'm talking about within their group, 
they kick them out. Right. If they do anything morally reprehensible, they kick them out. They understand that you are to abide by your word. So there is a difference in the, the ideology, even if not every person. Okay, I want you to understand what I'm trying to say is that it is the ideology which comes from the left. And like I said, this isn't a political issue. This is a anti-God issue. That's what it all comes down to. All right? From the lowest congressman to the U.S. president, they have the same united agenda. The right doesn't. The right has its individual agendas, and quite often they will come together as one, but it's not that frequent compared to the left, which is always. You can have people that rabidly hate each other in different areas of the left. You have the green left, and you've got the, the um, you know, these people and these people, and they, they hate each other. They're all vying for the same pot of money, and they literally hate each other, but when it comes time to vote, they coalesce because they understand that the power is in unity. Okay? Much more goal-oriented. Much more goal-oriented, long-term goal. Okay, it's the long-term goals that they're looking at because that is getting God out of the picture. All comes back to God, all of it, all of it. All right. Um, the, the same is true with liberal-minded people in all countries and in all vocations. Doesn't matter if you're in a small work environment where they have a union, which is all the way to the left. You'll have the same mindset, but it builds. It's not instantaneous. It builds where people don't think they're not rational, and very slowly it infects things and that's what's happened unfortunately in this nation that never felt this way about any of these issues they don't see the end run they don't see the end that's right there is a goal and it is being worked out by the left what they speak of is of no value because their word is organic and changing does everybody remember what they they when they were testifying in congress several years ago about eight years ago they said that the u.s constitution is an organic document it's not it's written, it's in ink, and it is firm, just like the Bible is. But they will say that this is an organic document. That means when I say organic, that means that it's living, it's growing, it's changing. Evolving. Evolving, that's right. And when you take the Bible and you make it into an organic document, you have no Bible at all. When you take the U.S. Constitution and you make it into an organic document, you have no Constitution. And that's why they just ignore it. They don't just simply disobey it and say, oh, I'm sorry that I did wrong. They just ignore it. And that's what the judges are doing. Once again, who is going to appoint the next Supreme Court judges? Because there is a godly agenda and there is an ungodly agenda. And that's what we need to remember. Okay, it, This is something that is absolutely vital. And it doesn't really matter because in the end, this country is done. This country is done. What I'm talking about is the end times more than anything when I'm talking about these issues. Where will this nation and the people stand in relation to Israel. Because that will be the final moral issue of moral issues when we get into the tribulation period. It's pretty certain, it's not guaranteed, but it's pretty certain where England is gonna end up now. Because England made a choice, which was real close by the way, but they made a choice. And it looks probable that they will come to right reason when the rapture happens and they say, we're left behind. And it looks like they will be a sheep nation. But I don't, I'm not so sure about America at all. I'm not sure where we're going to go in the next few days may tell us. It, in all honesty, it may tell us. So um, uh, let's see here. Um, next to be listed are the, what's your third word? Heartless. Heartless. I got unloving. The word here comes from the concept of a person who lacks natural affection. Okay. Once again, we, we could bring that down to what we see every Saturday. 
If a woman has children from four different uh, men within a three-year time frame or a four-year time frame, you can guess that they lack natural affection. They lack it. They're looking for something and they're not finding it, and so they just go on to the next thing. There's no natural affection anymore. There's just a, a, a sense of physical uh, challenge. Okay. Yes. Don't the left though? They can. They 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 condemn us because we believe in personal responsibility. But the left, they call like a bleeding heart is one who has compassion. That's right. It's when it's not compassion at all. Yeah. That's right. They they want to help in their own means apart from God, and so doing they destroy. The they destroy things. everything because. It, 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 that, that bleeding hearts because what was it that um, I, I'm going to misquote this but the, <clears throat> back at, at the founding of the nation one of the leaders and you can look it up and correct me next week or send me an email but he said that anybody that <clears throat> is a conservative when they're in their 20s has no heart that was Churchill Church, oh, was it Churchill, Churchill okay said, so yeah. it doesn't go back that far anybody that is a conservative when they're young has no heart Anybody that is a liberal when they're older has no brain. Right. And because Churchill. that's right, because the critical thinking is lost. And so, Churchill, thank you. I didn't know that. Anyway. 25 but was the cutoff. 25 was the, yeah, 25 is the cutoff because there's a point where you're no longer ever going to think critically. Ever. But when you're young, you want to say, oh, look at that poor puppy. Or look at that. Or look at that. So you have no heart if you're a conservative and you think, well, that person needs to get up and put on their boots and go to work because you're too young to reason it out. But once you've come to a certain point in life, you say, well, that person's never done anything. Why should I be paying for them? So that was a very profound statement he said. Churchill, he thank you. He made a lot of good statements. Some yeah, he did. Just... It's very good. Um, the, um, he lacks natural affection. This, again, transfers through what is moral to what is political. All right? It points directly to the morally lacking thought process, which we saw in the last two words. Okay? It, it directly equates to it because you've taken God out of the picture, all right? The natural affection Paul is referring to is the bond between a parent and a child, okay? That's the word that he's using indicates this, bond between a parent and a child. They've destroyed that. That is completely ruined. That, that is, and if you remember from the sermon, because I know you were all here on Sunday and you all listened to the sermon if you happen to miss church, is that the word, one of the words for the Lord back in, um, when he pronounced, uh, made his proclamation of himself back in um, uh, Exodus 34, he said, uh, where was it? Uh, it was 1 through 9, I think, is what we talked about. So um, he said, he made the proclamation to the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. All right, I think it was the word long-suffering, racham, okay? Comes from the word racham, which means a womb. Because a mother cares for the child in her womb, right? That's why that word is used. It's because God is caring for his creatures just as a mother would care for the child in her womb. That natural affection is lost here. That's what Paul is saying. There's no longer even any care for what's in her womb, all right? And if that's the case, then how bad is the mental state of that person? If they don't love the fruit of their own womb, how bad is the state of that person? Think of it. Because that's as close of a connection as you can get anywhere in humanity. And yet they just destroy it with, without any second thought. So um, uh, what would be the strongest bond of all is missing when the knowledge of God is rejected. The Bible is replete with passages where children were sacrificed to Molech and causing them to pass through the fire, such as in 1 Kings 17, 
16 and 17, which I'll read to you right now. While I'm reading that, does anybody know what Molech was? No. Molech was a giant bronze um, uh, uh, god. And if you think of a Buddha with its hands out, and what they do is they put a fire on the inside of it, and they'd, they'd, they'd light it, and that bronze would get very, very, very hot. And then they'd take the child and put it in the hands of their god. And that was their way of saying, we want to give this to you, which is something that the Lord certainly didn't approve of. Um, but that's the kind of depravity. It doesn't matter if you take your child and put it on a, a, a burning piece of bronze or if you tear it out of your womb, you're still killing that child. So anyway, uh, 1 Kings 17, um, I'm in 2 Kings. It always helps to be in the right book of the Bible, people. Um, hang on a second here, 1 Kings 17, I said 16, where are we? It says, um, the bin of flour was, that's not what I want at all. I, I, I don't know why. I, uh, uh, 17, 17? 17, 17. No, that's not what I'm looking for. It's definitely not. And second, maybe I meant second, 2 Kings. 2 Kings 17, 17. Okay, that's probably what I want. 2 Kings 17. So they left all the commandments of the Lord their God. Thank you. i got to make a 2 there. It says 1 Kings, and it's not. It's 2 Kings. So let me make a little note there. Um, they left uh, all the commandments of the Lord their God, made for themselves a molded image and two calves, made a wooden image, and worshipped all the hosts of heaven and served Baal. And they caused their sons and their daughters... To pass through the fire, practice witchcraft and soothsaying, and sold themselves to do evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. Therefore the Lord was very angry with Israel and removed them from his sight. And there was none left but the tribe of Judah alone. And guess what? We're right in the same place here, doing it daily. It doesn't matter how you kill that child. We did the math a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. 3,000 a day, that's 4 million since we reelected this guy. 4 million human beings. And the Lord's going to overlook that? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. The cultures that Paul was exposed to left female children out to die. This is Paul's time. The Roman, uh, you know, they didn't, old Roman soldier wanted boys. And so what did he do? He'd say, just leave the, the children out to die. They preferred male babies, okay? That's where Christians were seen for the first time with their humanity is they would go and they'd take these children and they'd raise them because they had compassion, whereas the Romans didn't. Some um, bur buried the children alive. Albert Barnes notes that during an earlier period in most of the Grecian states, infanticide was not merely permitted, but actually enforced by law. He says the Spartan lawgiver expressly ordained that every child that was born should be examined by the ancient men of the tribe, and that if found weak or deformed, it should be thrown into a deep cavern at the foot of Mount Tegidus. I hope I pronounced that right, but anyway, that, that was standard, because that society devolved away from what is morally right. And eventually they disappeared, and in comes another society, and we're going to found it on good moral principles. And they devolve away from what's morally right, and they disappear because God will not be mocked. He won't tolerate this type of behavior. And with the shedding of blood, there is no atonement except for the taking of the life who shed the blood, which is one thing that the left doesn't do. They say, this person was murdered, and the person that murdered them should not be put to death. And that's exactly the opposite of what the Bible says. And yet they have no problem killing children. Even they've got the Christian even community divided on that. Oh yes no, they, they do. Said, well, it's it's we we value human life and but, this ain't a baby, but then when it comes to the ones who destroy and take lives, they do not believe in even dealing with that that one. So That's right. And there's a lot of Christians that are divided on that. Christians one. do not think clearly because they've taken it out of yeah. our, our churches, they've taken it out of our yeah. schools. And for anybody to say that that person that raped and murdered that woman should not be executed is a moral minuscule. 
And that goes all the way around the world. If somebody has shed blood, their life is forfeit. And I, I, I may have brought this up in a previous uh, Bible study. I may not have, but a um, uh, uh, judge was sentencing somebody to death. I think it was during the Revolutionary War. And he said, in his sentencing of him, he gave him the gospel. And he says, I hope that you will take this to heart because you are going to die tomorrow. And this is your only hope of a reprieve from the eternal con condemnation that faces you. And that's the way it is. That person, it doesn't matter. They, they're going to be executed. There's no appeal. It's to be done. And now we have 40 years of appeal, and then they let them out when they're 80 years old or something. And it, it is a violation of what the Lord would ordain. You commit a capital crime, your life is forfeit. All right? That doesn't, that's not a part of the law so much as it's a part of the nature of God. That's why it precedes, what is it, Genesis 9-6? Is that what it is? Let me read it to you. I think it's 9-6. It says, um, precedes the law. It's because it's an eternal standard of God. That's why even Paul said, you know, I, I, he's standing there in the court and he says, I don't refuse to die if I'm judged to, to be found worthy of death. I don't refuse to die. Yeah, here it is, Genesis 9, verse 6. Whoever sheds man's blood is way before the time of the law, folks. By man his blood shall be shed. For in the image of God he has made man. That includes babies in the womb. And as for you, be fruitful and multiply. That means don't kill the baby in your womb. Bring forth abundantly in the earth and multiply in it. Don't kill other people, and if you do, your life is forfeit. Okay? Um, we'll go on. Um, oh, I read that. Okay, the modern parallel of uh, throwing away babies, of course, is, and we brought it up already, abortion. The left is rabid. Rabbit, literally, they're rabid in their defense of abortion and any attempt at restricting or eliminating this legalized murder is met with the strongest opposition possible. They'll literally, they'll, they'll, they'll attack you verbally, they'll attack your, your livelihood, they'll attack everything about you if you say that it is morally wrong to kill a child because they've come to that state of depravity. They've come to a point which is so far from God that the image of God in man means nothing, nothing. And why then would they say we need to protect the person that is to be executed and not allow him to be executed. Why would they do that? If the image of God and man doesn't mean anything to them, why would they do that? Only if they have a guilty conscience of themselves. So no, the reason why is because that person already violated the image of God in another person. And because they want to protect that person from the penalty, they know that person is due. That's why they protest against it. This has nothing to do with social agenda. This has everything to do with getting away from the image of God in man and thus getting away from God who created us in his image. That is what this has to do with. So, um, And Charlie, can I say one yes. good plug is that the uh, right is now almost all pro-life. That's right. Right to the very top, but it took a lot of years of work. It took a lot of years, and, and apparently he said something in the debate last night, which mm -hmm. I didn't watch, but he said something absolutely, right. you know, uh, 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 obvious about that issue you know which nobody would do in the past yeah, nobody some some of you may know phyllis Schlaffy, who was yeah. a homemaker and was yeah. kind of going against the political thing for years and lobbied for this way way back and against feminism a lot of things that were kind of out of place in god's right. order and uh she died but her la one of her last books was uh how the republican party became pro-life okay well it, it's because there is still this image of God left there. It's not everybody, don't get me wrong, 
but there is this image of God left, which is completely erased on the, the other side. That's right. <laughs> uh, they have lost, this is speaking of anybody that is per perpetrating this attitude, yeah. they have lost any true natural affection and have replaced it with immoral sensuality and license, licentiousness. This moral depravity fits naturally with the next on the list. Those who are, what's your fourth word? Fourth word is ruthless. Ruthless. This one here says unforgiving. Ruthless is probably a better translation. The Greek word comes from the thought of no libation. You know what a libation is? Pour out a drink offering to God, okay? Pouring out a libation to a God was a way of making peace with that God and thus forming a treaty. No treaty. They're unforgiving. Okay, the idea is then the person who is completely unwilling to make peace, they're implacable. They're unwilling in any way, shape, or form to make peace. They're, they're argumentative to the point that, and just think of who, I, I don't need to say it. I just want you to just keep thinking of who is it in this country that's like that. They're unwilling to cede an inch because God is on the way out and we are taking control. That is where we're at in this nation and it's getting worse and it's getting worse and it's getting worse. And guess what? It won't be long, it will not be long that we will not have anybody on YouTube that we can watch with a, a Bible study or with a sermon that has any value at all because they have given away the internet. We made it, it worked perfectly, we gotta change it, right? We have to change it. And as soon as, as, soon as the ball drops, that will be the first thing that's gone. And when it's gone, they will take complete control of it and there will be no morality left on that on YouTube none every sermon every prophecy update that is of any value at all will be taken down and all the goofy stuff that people post about you know crazy things that make no difference they'll say well yeah let them post that because people are going to follow it and they're going to see that that stupid prophecy was wrong or that prediction was wrong and they're going to say well yeah let them do it let them just keep shooting themselves in the foot but anything with a moral grounding at all any sermon I don't care think of your favorite preacher besides me Think of, think of any one of that, Alistair Begg. Think of, um, uh, what's his name out in uh, Texas? Um, um, Chuck Swindoll. Swindoll. Yeah, all of these people that are speaking on moral issues, that are speaking on, you know, uh, holding to the Bible, that are, are just, they're all going to be gone. They're going to be out because they will not be tolerated. All right, I have it for uh, uh, next week's uh, prophecy update, maybe, but Dennis Prager has been, uh, put down in a very low position on YouTube because he supports Israel. He, he is one of the most clear-thinking people that I've ever heard in my life. Everybody heard of um, Dennis Prager? Yeah. Prager University. Very, very astute man. He's a critical thinker. He is always moral in what he says. He never says anything derogatory towards another person. He doesn't say things like I do, like that's a mental minuscule. You'd never hear words like that coming from his mouth. He is very upright, very precise, very thought-provoking, and yet they are silencing him for exactly that reason. We'll see if it gets overturned or not, or if they, he gets back up to well, a even, regular... Even, uh, the connecting the dots, it don't take too far to jump. Hate speech. And oh, that's right. Because... We do not align with what the state teaches on homosexuality. On homosexuality, and that's what I'm saying. That and will be... And, and people don't realize as Christians, that is not a far jump for hate Oh, speech. It, we're already there. If you proclaim they this book openly, you will, be, you will be attacked. Now, you're not going to be in prison yet in America, but you will in England. They already have people that are, are, are being arrested for simply preaching what this book says. Canada, if you, too. 
The what? Canada as well. And you and don't even have to say it. It's you align yourself with that file. Align yourself with you that. And that's why I say, with McCoy the internet McCoy. out of government hands and into a, a international <laughs> position, mm -hmm. and with people that are willing to stand on the Bible, all of it will be gone, and it will be gone very quickly. Mm -hmm. And this is what they want. This is exactly what we're talking about, and this is what Paul is writing about. Um, no libation. There is no peace with these people. There's no formal treaty. All right? There's no agreement, and there's no reconciliation, and there's no felicity. Felicity means happiness between you. All right? Instead, there is only us and them, and we will never cede an inch in our battle of depravity and moral perversity. Why? Because they know that they can control the people when they have them in that state. And anybody that has a moral stand will be spoken against. That is the agenda here. This is a satanic agenda against God, 100%. And don't think that this nation isn't in one of those battles. It is in the deepest battle in its history right now. It, not since the founding of this nation have we been in such a position. But this is one thing I know, is when persecution comes, That's if true. you stand for God wants you to, there's still a blessing from him for it. That is true. And nobody's saying that we shouldn't. No. Nobody's saying that we shouldn't stand for God. There's always but there's a going to be It may not look like it. Oh, that's right. But God always has a blessing to those who stand on his word. And that's correct. Right. But that doesn't change the situation. No. It doesn't no. mean that, you know, we might not be martyred. No, but on that's the other right. Hand, and I think everybody that's understands that. That's under God's that. control. How that's he right. does it. He'll that, still be with us. <laughs> that, that is correct. <laughs> And I, I don't think anybody would doubt that. I and mean, we see yeah. people being martyred in the uh, Middle East mm -hmm. continuously. We yeah. see people, that, that's happened to them in Vietnam and countries all around the world. If you stand on the Bible, you're going to stand on the Bible. If you waffle in your convictions, you're going to have to face the Lord either way. But that's not the issue. The issue is what is happening right now. Can the tide be stemmed? And I don't think it can. I, I just don't think it can. The result of that is what you're talking about. And that's where we're heading. We're heading to the result of it. Paul is writing about what is going on to lead us to that point. And so it, it's, I just don't want to get too far ahead of the scenario because we are going to face that. It is coming. But this is what Paul is speaking of right now is the, the ideology of these people and how we get into this situation. That's where we're at with this. Um, let's see here. Um, the last of this list is, what's your... Last one? Ruthless, we already said it. Oh, okay. Oh, I see. Anyway, I've got unmerciful here. Anyway, I, somehow I got uh, untied in there, but it still fits well with it. Unmerciful, ruthless, thank you. In the lack of human affection, which leads to a lack of working together through reconciliation. We're not even going to reconcile, okay? Paul saw the result was a society which was destitute of compassion, okay? Once again, we're heading there, but where have we seen a society destitute of compassion just in the past 60 years? We've seen a lot of them, but the Khmer Rouge, right? Just kill everybody. Just it, 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 arbitrarily just shoot anybody. We're seeing it now. It's starting in Venezuela. It's getting worse. No compassion. Prisoners can eat each other. They're not going to feed them, so you have to fend for yourself. And if you kill another prisoner and eat them, you're already in prison. You have to fend for your own self. Nazi Germany, the Soviet Union. It goes on and on and on. Unmerciful. People no longer care about their fellow man because straits are so bad that all they care about is themselves. And then you get the little shining lights in each one of those places that are very rarely heard from. But uh, what is it? Schindler. Schindler's List, right? Uh, Anne Frank. I'm sorry, not Anne Frank. The girl that... Um, uh, Corey Ten Boom. Uh, Corey Ten Boom. These little shining lights that are willing to say, I am not going to go down this path. 
then you've got, we, we, we do have a group of people that may not be unmerciful openly, but they're unmerciful. What they did, I don't know if you know what they did after um, uh, Germany was liberated. They'd have a, a concentration camp right outside of a town. And what did they do with the people of the town? Do you know what they did? I would have made them clean up. No, they, they marched every one of the people that lived in that town through where all the bodies were, just left them there, and they walked them through. They showed them the ovens with bodies still partly burnt in there. And they walked all of them through, and all those, there were, you can watch the videos on these history things. This is what Eisenhower did. He said, I want everything that you have, everything recorded, because they will deny in a few years that this never happened, which is all over the world right now. Mm -hmm. There's no Holocaust. But they filmed these people being taken through there, these women breaking down and crying, and they had to know. So they may not have been actively unmerciful, but they were unmerciful in the fact that they didn't speak up. They weren't willing to say, I know what that smoke is coming out of that tower over there. And so they were faced with their own unmercifulness as they were marched through that town. The Americans did the right thing. They did the right thing by doing that. And anytime you have an atrocity like that, the people that supposedly didn't know, that did know, need to face, come face to face with what their inaction did. And every single person here may have to face that someday. We may have to face the choice. Am I going to say, I'm not going to allow this to happen to the Jewish people? Because they're going to be the first ones. Believe me, the Jewish people are going to be the first ones. Christians are going to be in the same bucket. But there's always this kind of mixing. And, you know, in Germany, you had the Christians that were uh, decent, and you had the ones that were in charge of the churches that weren't decent. And you couldn't really sort all of them out. It's just a general title, Christian, good and bad, right? Jews, you don't need to sort them out. They're all Jews. Are we going to say, I'm not going to tolerate this? I'm going to stand against it, maybe at the expense of my life? Well, that's what we have here, unmerciful. People that are unmerciful. Paul saw the result in a society which was destitute of compassion. In the world around him, the old, the sick, and the infirm were cast out and left to fend for themselves. Isn't this depressing today? Gosh. Um, find a charitable source to maintain them or to die. So only three choices. Find for yourself, find somebody that will help you, which was rare, or die. The inevitable result of turning away from godly thinking in a society is that compassion flees and only self-gratification and ruthlessness is left. Because once again, the government is the bestower of morals. If you take God out of the picture, you have no morals left. No morals except what they say. And if they say that Jews are animals, you get rid of the Jews. And we're guilty of this. In World War II, if you see the old propaganda photos, how did they portray the Japanese? Anybody seen the old photos? What? Well, not just evil-looking monkeys. They were yeah. subhuman. Mm -hmm. So we're guilty of that, too. We had a war to win, and we did things that we should not have done. Yeah, that's right. So we were guilty of that as well. This is what the human condition is, results to. But I tell you what, it brought a lot of people out to fight in the war and to say, well, it doesn't matter because they're, they're subhuman anyway. But we did do that. It's something we can't hide. But that's where it inevitably results. And when you have total control, that is all that's left, right? Um, let's see here. Um, where was it? Healthcare, which breaks down because it is engineered improperly, inevitably leads to rationing and a hierarchy of those who will receive care. That's just the way it is. There's a hierarchy. And you have in England right now, you've got that going on. You don't qualify. You are at the bottom of the list. You're going to die. Right? This is just the way that it is, and it starts somewhere, and it inevitably goes somewhere else, because we had a system that worked. 
people got medicine. Even the people that were here illegally, that weren't entitled to it, were always taken care of. Nobody was left without suitable health care. It may not have been the same. I, you know, I talk about a, a, a false perception of this. I've got cousins that live up in the very corner of Massachusetts, and I mean they are literally in the middle of nowhere. They live on a mountaintop. The nearest uh, hospital is a very small little hospital, you know, and they're complaining that their health care is not the same as the city. It can't be. It can't be the same as the city because you don't have the same infrastructure. You don't have the same resources. And so th that is a, a illogical thinking. They chose to live where they live. Some people choose to live closer to an area because their medical needs are higher. This is what happens in the world. Not everything is going to be fair. And her thought was, I am going to vote for this medical health care system because I want the same treatment that my sister has and she lives over in this area. It's not possible. You can't do it. If you want what she has, you have to move where she is. You're living in nowhere land. You don't have the resources. You don't have the people to sustain it. So now what we're going to have is we're going to have everybody with bad health care. Instead of good health care here, and if you need it, travel to it, nobody's going to have it except the elite. This is where we're at. You know who I'm talking about. Orvie's wife. It's her thinking. What is she thinking? You think you're going to have a major hospital with a thousand beds in it and, you know, all of the, the expensive stuff when you're living in Nowheresville? It's not going to happen. But this is what people are conditioned to think. And this person is a lawyer. Um, well, anyway. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Um, okay. So, anyway, um, uh, let's see here. Where were we? The, um, it, okay. Yeah. Healthcare breaks down um, because it's engineered improperly, a hierarchy. Okay, it is already taking place in Europe and Canada, and it's coming, no longer coming, it is here in the United States. The liberal left is forcing its morally depraved values upon an unsuspecting society. Once again, this isn't because it's a political agenda, it's because it's an ungodly agenda. It is the image of God and man which is being destroyed. From the very moment of conception all the way to the end of life and everywhere in between, we are going to introduce LGBT issues. We're going to say that men can become women and women can become men. Now we have women or men that are, they say in a couple of years, men will be able to have babies. Why have they done this? Is because it destroys the image of God in man. It takes away any sense of morality and any sense of rightness. And that is what's going on. It is an ungodly agenda. It just happens to be worked out in a particular political party. All right? Um, uh, what is heralded as right and compassion will be seen for what it is. It is immoral and uncaring. People don't see that now. As you said, bleeding heart liberals, oh, it's, they're doing the right thing. They're doing the moral thing when it is exactly the opposite which is happening. And people can't see it. When you say we're going to raise the minimum wage, what are you doing? You're making an immoral act because the person isn't worth that. The job isn't worth that. And somebody has to pay that. That's the person that initiated the company. And you have if, to elevate all the ones. You have to that. elevate everybody. Don't you discriminate against them? That's right. And so when you do that, it becomes an immoral act because you're taking away freedom of choice. I want to work in a gas station. You know what mom told me? I still remember what she said to me when I was young. She says, they were saving money for our education, my brothers and I. And I says, well, I don't want to go to college. And she says, you know what, education is important. She says, and I exact uh, example she gave me, I still remember. If you want to pump gas the rest of your life, I will never question that. 
but you need to have the option to not pump gas the rest of your life. And that is what, yeah, that's what an education does. But we don't have that in this nation anymore. We don't have that attitude in this nation, is that this person is not worth $27 an hour. He pumps gas. He's worth whatever the gas station pays and no more. Because if he was worth more, and he knew it, he could go somewhere else and get another job. Well, he kind of has to because nobody pumps gas. That, yeah, nobody pumps gas anymore. Actually, you know what? I'm going to tell you something. You're not going to believe this. It was six years ago. Maybe it's not happening anymore. But when I drove around America, oh, it is happening in one state, and I'll tell you that in a second. When I drove around America, I was right outside the capital, Montpelier, Vermont, and I went into the gas station, and the guy came out, and he says, what type of gas do you want? And I was like... I didn't see that since I was like 12. There's two yeah. states that make it. Well, I, I was going to say that. That was my next one. Well, I don't know the second state, but... Oregon, Jersey. Jersey. Jersey, that's right. Yeah. Okay, Jersey and Oregon. Oregon. When I got to Oregon, I got out of the car, and this guy, almost, he almost flipped out. I was pumping the gas, and he almost flipped out. He was like, what are you doing? I said, what do you mean? He said, no, 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 no. I'm going to get arrested. I said, what? He said, yeah, that's a fire hazard. Yeah. We've got 49 states where it's not a fire hazard to pump your own gas. But in Oregon, you can you can actually get arrested if you have a gas station, let somebody get, pump your gas. Hot, yeah, I'm telling you, it's real. It, 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 danger. I mean, the danger of getting out and pumping your gas. Prevent anyone online from Oregon. Yeah. You don't say oh that. yeah, or, or, or a gun, or, or a gun, gun. whatever. Gun. I said it wrong, but if you're if you're watching <laughs> from Oregon, that's an element. I, I was just yeah. Hedico. Do you remember that when we were in Oregon and the guy freaked out? He literally freaked out. Sure. Everywhere else, they were just coming up and doing it, right? And so I just thought well, this is what they do here. I never thought anything about it. But we got to this little gas station in the middle of nowhere, and there was nobody around, and that's when I. And maybe he was in there, you know, talking on the phone or something. He didn't but he, lose his job. He freaked. He was looking around like this, and he was so scared. I, whoa. So there you go. But this is what happens in the world when we take away rights mm -hmm. and when we impose standards, which are not senseless. Senseless. Mm -hmm. Senseless. Okay. So um, liberal left is, uh, I, I, I said that the Bible always is vindicated because its author, its author peers into the heart and soul of man and sees his utterly depraved state moving logically from one twisted state to another. That's what's happening. And Paul was very precise. In what, and we'll go back really quickly. Um, I, let me finish this and then I'll go back. Here's a little life application. Think clearly on moral issues. Not as society sees them, but as God sees them. Hold fast to his word and his guidance and flee from the wicked and depraved thinking of those who have lost any moral compasses, they drift in a sea of ungodliness. Yep. Now, it's easy to say that, but most people aren't listening to the Bible study. They're not reading their Bible. It's got dust all over it, and everybody in America, even the guy from FFRF, who's always trying to get everybody to take the uh, God out of schools and God out of everything, I guarantee that guy's got a Bible in his house. I guarantee it. And it just sits there, and he probably mocks at it every day. You know, that'll be opened at his judgment someday. Hang on, let me finish up where I was because I want to go back through the logical sequence that Paul has given us. Um, uh, where am I? 131, so we want to go back to 128. And even they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. Gave God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. And that's when he started this list. And it goes all the way through. And he's very precise showing what will happen as a society degrades. He says being filled with all unrighteousness, Sexual immorality. Keep thinking of who is imposing this on our society. Sexual immorality. Wickedness. 
right from the highest level of this nation, if that is not the most wicked person ever to sit in our White House, and if people look at him and they fawn over him and they say, oh, what a good man, they have no idea that the, the, the depravity, the, they have not followed the people that he's brought in. The list of people which is recorded, the Muslim Brotherhood, the people that have done actually wicked, evil things in this world, they're not following it. And they think, oh, they just listen to CNN, they get a good report and they say he's a good guy. They have no idea how depraved that man is. Keep going on. Covetousness, mal uh, uh, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgivable, unmerciful. And then we'll get to verse 32 next week because we're not going to have time to do it today. But that is the list that he has shown us. He's shown us. Oh, yeah, we, yeah. We're we're just going to have to stop with this one. But you had something. I just wanted to share one thing because we were talking about healthcare. I remember when I was first working in the banking world when Ted Kennedy thought drug companies made too much money, but they spent all their money on research, and there was a long pipeline That's for right. drugs, and so they were very innovative. Well, when he started to squeeze their profits because he thought they were making too, too much money. money. They, they, you know, first they started copying each other with generics and stuff like that, but it got to the point where they wouldn't honor patents, and right. now they spend all their money marketing or selling. They don't do any of the old stuff anymore. No, that's right. So Ted Kennedy pretty much, in his power, destroyed a good industry. The Which is what the left always does. They take right. every good industry it, and they destroy it. absolutely did, and I watched it because I was following all that at yeah. the time. That, that's where we're at with anything that is good, anything that is helpful, anything that is beneficial, it will always be torn down by them because it is an avenue of hope for people, and they don't want that. They do not want people to have hope because if you have hope in something other than the government, then the government can't be the source of your strength. And that is what they want. They want the government to take over. That's where we're at in this nation. That's where, it, 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 but that, once again, this is not a political issue so much as it is an ungodly issue. But how do you do that in a moral society? It's by replacing God with government. And that's why they're doing what they're doing. Every single one of these what, issues. What's the new church? The new church? What is the new government church? What, what is worship the most? Go ahead. Environment. Oh, yeah, the environment. That's it's, right. It's like, you know, it's a, <laughs> Which is going right back to Genesis chapter 11. The environment is the Tower of Babel. Mm -hmm. Everything that they built that tower for in the context of the surrounding passages is being fulfilled in the global warming agenda. Not because it's a political agenda, but because it's an agenda to say, one, you can't trust God. He's not in control, and we need to fix this thing, and therefore you must trust us. And they keep beating us over the head with it, and they keep beating us over the head with it because when the rapture happens... You got a whole world full of numbskulls. You got very few people left that can make a right moral decision. I, you know, I hate and the to Lord be has that. Given us the only solution there is, is if my people will call my name, will humble themselves, pray, and depart from. Yeah, I mean that's. But that's people aren't going to do it. Is prayer and confession of sin. And that's right. But if you've replaced God with government, it's not going to happen. Speaking of that. Uh, just just so you all know that Linda has voter guides. If you need a voter guide for the upcoming days, please see her as we uh, depart here today, and she has those. And, um, uh, you know, like I say, I think it's probably way too late for the nation as a whole, but we still have a moral responsibility. We have to come down on one side or another. 
Okay, so we can't oh, yeah. blind our eyes to it. But let's go ahead and close in prayer just because. Before um, we do that. Yeah, oh, please. Another Churchill. Uh, oh, another Churchill. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, okay, so Lady Nancy Astor was his biggest like, nemesis okay. in, in the court. So during a function, she said, Winston, if you were my husband, I'd poison your tea. To which he responded, Nancy, I'd drink you were it. My if I were your husband, I'd drink it. I knew it. I knew that was coming. That was very good. That was very good. Okay, because you brought us out, go ahead and close us in prayer. Lord Jesus, uh, your word is perfect. And uh, Lord, uh, we just pray that more people start to turn and, and dig into it. Even, even to get past the dust. Because everything we need. Our instructions while we're here. And uh, shows us the path to salvation on the cross. Lord, it's so easy. Uh, people get stumbled by it. But Lord, it's, uh, it's pride and... Uh, presupposition brainwashing that keeps people away from you uh, we just pray that this upcoming election uh, is uh, is good for our country and um, we do know that your will is your will and uh, will is better than anything we can dream up but word if um, sanity back in and uh, just um, know that uh, we love you and uh, we pray all this through your son's holy name Jesus Jesus. Amen. Okay, let me put this out and then you guys can wave goodbye. Let's see here. Um, that one. Okay, it's going. It's going. All right. We love you. We hope you have a wonderful week. Take good care. Bye bye. All right.